The following program is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Carl Christensen filling in for Tom Clark, and I'm here with family doc Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office, but we're missing those motivational posters on the wall. You know those, like yeah, the, the stuff, yeah, the stuff that's the like stuff a glacier. That yeah, and that's right. Like that's a right. bear Make, catching a salmon, yeah, and it says yeah, perseverance. That's right. Yeah, makes you want to be sick. <laughs> right, right, right. We're missing those. Uh, we'll talk. We'll talk healthy living. We'll walk through a tasty, healthy recipe. We'll get to some of your emails and, of course, your phone calls. And if you do have a question for the good doc, the number to call. That's 1-800-462-7413. And as always, we have a couple interesting topics to talk about, Zorba. Right. COVID memories. Why people are forgetting COVID pandemic memories. What does it mean? And actually, what does it mean moving forward since COVID is now endemic in our society and in the world? And then refined carbohydrates, red meat, what does that mean for the uh, prevalence of diabetes now and in the future? And what can we do about it? All right. And then what is the recipe today? Welsh rarebit. Now, this is not a rabbit recipe. (laughs) It's not Welsh rabbit. It's Welsh rarebit, which basically is an English thing. And this is a recipe from the Ivy, which is a famous, famous, famous restaurant in London that I was with, uh, with a famous actor. My wife and I were there many, many years ago. And it's a very interesting dish that I think we should bring more to America. Welsh rarebit. I can't wait to hear who this actor is. That sounds exciting. So stick around for that. All right. To the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. And let's go to our first caller now, a listener in La Crosse, Wisconsin. Hi. Hi, Dr. Zorba and Carl. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, I'm calling with a question about anemia. So I'm currently a senior in college, and when my anemia started in high school, my doctor recommended taking daily iron supplements, lots of iron-rich foods, and getting an IUD. Then about three years ago, I had a big decrease in iron and hemoglobin, so the hematologist suggested doing iron infusions, which I've been getting about every six to nine months since then, but no one's really been able to figure out why my iron keeps dipping afterwards, even after keeping up um, with the um, lifestyle changes, and so I'm wondering if you have any recommendations on who I should see or Uh iron absorption problem. Yeah, I'm not sure. So so what is the hematologist? You went to a hematologist. They did a bunch of tests, right, to show that your anemia was iron. They checked you for B12. I mean, I assume that. I mean, hematologists would check for B12 and folate. Those are very, very standard things. I'm going to assume you were checked for that. I'm sure you were. What did the hematologist say? Did they say, do you have very heavy menstrual periods? How heavy are they? Yeah, they were very heavy. I guess now I don't get them anymore after the IUD, and they thought that that would fix things, but mm-hmm. it, it hasn't gotten much better. So your menses, your periods, have gotten much lighter. They're not nearly as heavy, because that would be the first thing you look at at women who have an iron deficiency anemia. You look at that. So does right. they, do they have any idea why you're not absorbing iron? Because going in and getting those infusions, first of all, they're problematic, they're expensive. I mean, if you have insurance, of course, that becomes a different issue. But what did the hematologists say? What do they think? Yeah, they suggested eating a lot more iron-rich foods, which mm-hmm. is something that I had been doing the whole time. Uh-huh. And so I think that was, I think, where their confusion came from, too, uh-huh. um, what to do from there. Right. Are you taking an iron supplement, an oral supplement? Yes, I've been taking an iron supplement and just switched to a liquid iron supplement to Mm -hmm. see if that would help anymore. Right, right. You know, you are a quandary. You are definitely a quandary. <laughs> so what do I do in the case of a quandary? You know, I say, well, wait a minute. If I'm going to a hematologist and that hematologist doesn't have the answer, what I will always think, well, I got to get a second opinion in something like this. In other words, yeah. you know, I think you need to have a second opinion and you're, you know, you're in the cross. You've got a really good, you've got, you've got Gunderson Lutheran, Lutheran on one hand, you have Mayo Clinic on the other hand. And I don't know which group you went to, but I would, if your insurance covers it, 
I would go to another group or I would insist on going to a tertiary institution like the University of Wisconsin. That's what I would do because the question is, why are you not absorbing it? That's the issue. And what can we do about it to make you absorb it? Because getting iron for the rest of your life by an IV infusion is just not something that you're not something you're going to want to do. And I think if they if they don't, meaning the doctors right now that you've seen don't have an answer, you definitely need a second opinion from someone else. I definitely don't have the answer to this question. I mean, I get stumped all the time. This you is one them. of my yeah. You, you, you stumped the doc. You, you stumped the <laughs> stumped the doc. It'll go in the stump the doc. It won't be the grammar police. It'll be the stumped the doc police. But I don't have an answer. I don't have an answer for it. I want to ask a question. Does your iron ever get up to a normal level? Yes, it does. After the infusions, it stays normal for a while, but then it'll go back down. Okay, your mom and dad, do any of them have that problem? Aunts and uncles, first-degree relatives, do they have that problem? Yeah, mm-hmm. my mom as well as her mother as well, um, also with anemia. So your mom has done that. What has she done in her life? Does she take pills? Does she get infusions? Yeah, she had taken the iron supplements, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, if you can find the right iron supplement that works, that gets you to absorb it, but I would definitely get a second opinion because you got to, got to figure out a way to do it orally, clearly. So. Yeah. Well, thanks Definitely. for thank, thank you. So much. No, no, no. Thank you for stumping me. I yeah, really it's appreciate a, it's it. It's a highlight here. It doesn't That's happen right. often. The highlight, <laughs> highlight of the show. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for the call at 800-462-7413. You know, you know, the issue is, you know, in this time of internet, of course, we can look at things, say it could be this, it could be that. The real question in this case is, why is she not absorbing iron? And here it is. She may be going to a fine physician, but sometimes you just go somewhere else and somebody has a different view. They kind of look at it differently. It's another fine physician and they may figure out what it is and what else she can take, what supplements she can take, like vitamin C, which sometimes can help with iron absorption other things that are there. But she's seen a hematologist. They usually have lots of tricks in their bag, and the, in their doctor's bag. And the question is, if they don't have the right tricks, somebody else might have it. 800-462-7413. That's the number to call anytime. Leave us a voicemail. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, let's go to our first topic today, Zorba. And the headline here reads... Why people may be forgetting their COVID pandemic memories. Well, why do you think you're forgetting the COVID pandemic memories? What a time. I don't know. It was all a blur, wasn't it? Don't you think so? Yeah, I think it's a blur. I mean, you'll see people and you'll say, I haven't seen you in a year. And they'll go, no, it's two or three years and you can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Time was completely... Yeah, elastic? No, no, is that no. the right word? Well, it certainly <laughs> is elastic because, I mean, I, I've thought a lot about this. I don't really understand it fully, but I do think we have a lot of our memories tied to things that we did. Mm-hmm. And what did we do? What did you do during the pandemic? Not much. Not I mean, much. Yeah, That's, so. yeah. Brad, what did you do during the pandemic? Uh, I went to bars. <laughs> Went to bars, right? Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's the whole issue is that we didn't do much. And so it has to do, it also has to do with some of the changes. You know, when, if we look during 20 and 21, if we look at the weekly cases, you know, of COVID, it was like a million to two million a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, one to two million cases a week with about 23, 24, 25,000 deaths a week. I mean, now it's down to maybe 400,000 a week and we're down to 5,000 deaths. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the question now is many of the people who die from COVID, are they dying from COVID or are they dying with it? So if you're an 85-year-old person in the hospital and you die from pneumococcal pneumonia, which is strep pneumonia, you die from that, you don't say, well, strep pneumonia got me. It's a pandemic from strep pneumonia. You say, hey, this person was old and they died from pneumonia. In other words, that that's the way sure. we look at it. Now, if we look at influenza during the influenza pandemic, whenever we get it, we say if somebody is in the hospital, they died from influenza, we mark it off to the pandemic that it occurs. But if they die of plain old community-acquired pneumonia, we never really think of that much. So part of this is the way we think about deaths. Are you dying from COVID or are you dying with COVID? And especially in an older person who has has multiple problems. And we haven't really sorted that out uh, epidemiologically of a way way to do it. But part of this is the fact that we're kind of sick and tired of thinking about COVID, aren't you? Yeah. I think. Do you yeah. go out to eat at restaurants? Uh, yeah. So what do you think when you go out to a show and you see some people or you go to the store and some people have a mask? What's the first thought that you have? 
I think my first thought is that's great. It's great that people that's are right. still being they're, safe. And they're being safe. They're no careful. problem with they that. They also might have COVID. Okay. And they might be going out with a mask because it's been five days after they have COVID when they're supposed to isolate. And then they don't want to spread it just in case they have it. Or they may have some other medical problem. So we've got to move more towards what they've done in Asia for years. During the, uh, during in Asia, when influenza strikes, a lot of people wear masks. They don't want to get it, right. so they wear masks. And in Asia, in the wintertime, when people get sick and when they don't get sick, they often wear a mask. And I think we have to move from the COVID masking or I'm not going to wear a mask, it's COVID, I don't believe in it, move into a situation of if you feel like you're going to get ill, wear a mask, don't spread it to others. Or if you've got medical problems, wear a mask. We're just going to live with masks forever. And the fact is we all want to forget the COVID pandemic, don't we? We do, but we shouldn't. <laughs> but we shouldn't. That's right. We shouldn't. That's right. We do, but we should. Hey, you know, I like that. We should. We shouldn't, but we do. That's is that right. a T-shirt or a bumper yeah. sticker? Yeah, maybe? Oh, it's something like it that. But real. I'm not going to put it <laughs> on my car. ambiguous. My car is neutral. <clears throat> my car is neutral. I don't want to have it attacked by anyone either pre or post. You got it. <laughs> That's 1-800. Do you have anything on your car? Uh, I keep any stickers off my car. Uh, I keep stickers. Even the dealer. You know when you buy a new car and they try to put that dealer sticker on there? I always say get the dealer. I'm not – this is not a free advertisement for – No, it's not. That's right. For Ron, you know, Ron Jackson's Kia. (laughs) Um, So 800-462-7413. There's no such thing as Ron Jackson's Kia. No, that was not a plug. I don't know who Ron Jackson is. 800-462-7413 is the number to call. Let's go to our first voicemail. This is a listener in Edmond, Oklahoma. I'm 75 years old, and I just wanted to know how long it would take to get uh, normal urinary control after a a TERP. I had some complications with the bladder, with the fulguration before, and the the bleeding from that, the hematuria related to several UTIs. So how many, what's the percentage on people who get normal urinary control? After TERP and how long does it take? Thank you. Bye-bye. Real quick, Zorba, can you explain what a TERP is? So a TERP is a transurethral prostate uh, prostate procedure. It's, a, it's Okay. A, it's an acronym. Put you on the spot there. It's an acronym. <laughs> well, it's an, I'm trying to think what the acronym is. But basically, it's when a urologist goes in and reams out your prostate okay. in a man who has benign prostatic hypertrophy. It's okay. not used for prostate cancer. It's used because you have prostate problems. You can't get the urine out of your bladder. You're getting up maybe four to five times at night. You never feel comfortable with that. And it's reamed out sort of like you ream out the core of an apple, although I the see. prostate is the size uh, of a walnut. And it's, uh, it's at the end of the bladder, and it can be very problematic. The problem is some men, when they're finished, actually have incontinence. Mm-hmm. And for some men, it can be a very problematic issue. First of all, incontinence is always problematic. No matter what what the issue, it's a it's a terrible problem. It's awful. Men and women have it much more commonly. All you have to do is go to your local Walgreens or CVS or any drugstore and see. There's a whole aisle of adult incontinence uh, products. And when we're younger, we make jokes about it. You know, jokes about it with that with people who are older. But when you're older, it's no joke. And so what happens is post surgery, sometimes you'll have this. And the question that he's asking is, how long is it going to last? Well. For most men, now most, I don't know the exact number, they can get it under control. But they may not have it under control 24 hours a day. So it might be a problem at night when they're sleeping or during the day. So the real question is how do you attend to it? So for some, you attend to it by going to the bathroom by the clock, not waiting for the sensation, which may be too long. So you wake up at 8 o'clock, you do it at 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 6 o'clock. You clock your urinations. So your bladder is not nearly as full and therefore you empty your bladder so your bladder doesn't sort of burst open and all of a sudden uh, come out. Now, as for the hematuria, the blood that follows a prostate procedure like that, that generally resolves usually within a couple of weeks. Sometimes it can last longer. Uh, And sometimes there are some medications that can help, but they're few and far between and they don't really work very well. So it can be a 
The bottom line is it can be a complication of the surgery. Keep it in there. And there is something called Kegel exercises, K-E-G-A-L. And it really is something where you, it, where you take the floor of your bladder and you try to make it stronger. And then the other thing is there are physical therapists who actually do pelvic floor exercises. And so for this gentleman, I would recommend he talk to his doctor about going to a physical therapist that does pelvic floor exercises because they can be very, very useful in reducing, maybe not eliminating, but if not, at least reducing the amount of incontinence that he has. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. That's the number to call anytime. Leave us a voicemail. Maybe you'll get on the show. But before the break, Zorba, you look like you're having a little too much fun today. <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> See, you hear it. You can hear it right there. You know, when it comes to incontinence, I mean, I'm serious about that. Incontinence is not fun, and and that's how it ended. It ended with that because it really is a serious issue. It is, but we can have fun on other things. Well, that's what I'm getting to I here. It. You're it. having too much fun. Let's do the segment where you get yelled at. Oh wow! Let's bring it down a bit. Oh wow! I can't wait. <laughs> Let's do another edition wait. of disagreeing with the doc. Disagree. All right, it's pretty good. You should do the next singing <laughs> right. on the next yeah, jingle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the following voicemail, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> this one came from Linda in Boonton, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But before we get to Linda's quarrel, I looked up Boonton, New Jersey. Say, Have you ever Boonton? heard of Boonton? Not at all. Thank you. It's a beautiful Thank place. You. I just it looked is? it up on Boonton. like Google Maps and Boonton. looked poked yeah. around on yeah. Street View. It nice. looks really cool. Nice. Very Boonton, nice New place. Jersey. Yeah. Where in New Jersey is it? Uh, it's oh, here we go. <laughs> right. Here we go. I'm on the spot. That's right. It was last week. I looked it up. I looked it up. It looked beautiful. Yeah. But I just looked up Kind How do you spell it? B o o n t o n, and who's uh, it named after? That's I don't know, <laughs> see, but I do know. See, I like to look up notable that. people okay, from from Boonton. certain cities, uh-huh, uh-huh. and this happens to yeah. be where the home uh-huh. of one of my favorite music composers uh-huh. who does film scores. Have you ever heard of Angelo Badalamenti? Never. Okay. I've never heard of Angelo Badalamenti. Badalamenti. No, no, no. What music scores did so he do? So he's done – he's most famous for Twin Peaks. Oh, Twin Peaks. He did Blue Velvet. Oh. A lot oh, of David wow. Lynch movies. Oh. The Straight oh, Story. I've heard his music. Yeah, he's I've definitely heard his music. Fantastic. There's no doubt about it. He's yeah. really yeah, good. Ubuntu native. Ubuntu native. That's mm-hmm. where he lives. Yeah. And he actually – I think he passed in the mm-hmm. last year or two. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, he – so he's one of my favorite composers mm-hmm. and I was thinking – while I uh, read Linda's email, maybe mm-hmm. we listen to one of his songs oh, okay. and okay. maybe kind okay. of situated right. under there like a music the, bed. Into the bootin' mood. Yeah, bootin <laughs> so let's mood. say down okay. the bootin', the famous right. bootin' mood. Okay. Brad, you want to play it? This is, uh, this is actually the theme from Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. I bet you've heard this oh, before. Oh, I definitely have heard it. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> it just puts is, you in a mood. All you need it? is the chord. Yep. <laughs> you don't need more than the chord because it brings up the whole thing. That's right. It's be- listen to that. That's a baritone guitar. Beautiful. Beautiful instruments. Yeah, bring up the chord. It's right there. All right, I'm going to read Linda's email and I'm going to try to time this out right. We'll see. This probably won't work, but I'm going to try to get to the crescendo at the right time here. All right. Linda in Boonton. We have an email. Remember that. Uh, Linda in Boonton, New Jersey writes, In response to the guy who called in about blisters in his mouth from eating pineapple. Oh, right. right. Zorba, you are way off base on this one. Okay. Okay. I have the same issue, Linda says. All right. The problem is the citric acid. Uh Uh-huh. Or the enzymes mm-hmm. in the pineapple. Oh, my goodness. I guess I should change now that I my voice sounds a little more with the music. Yeah, uh-huh. Linda says, I had a doctor tell me this. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. I thought uh-huh. I was allergic, mm-hmm. but it's just a sensitivity. Oh, wow. That's great. <laughs> no, I'm pausing so uh-huh. I can get to the crescendo of this. Okay, okay. The cure is uh-huh. don't eat too much fresh pineapple, uh-huh. but... Canned pineapple is okay. Okay. Can I wake up now? <laughs> Thanks for all you do. Zorba. Oh, that's very nice. That's very I think nice I went, went too early, Brad, didn't I? There it is. Thanks for all Not you do, all. Zorba. Says Not Linda. at all. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. It's never too early to say thanks, Carl. Never too early to say thanks. It's what my mother taught me. Well, what do you think about what Linda says? I think she's right. Okay. I think she's right. That's right, Dan. Now we're bringing it down again. I think that's all. 
<laughs> I, think, okay. I think we're done. Okay. Thank you, Linda. We're going to leave it there. And thank you, Boonville? Boonton. No, Boonton. Boonton. Thank you for living in Boonton. We love Boonton. Yes, we do. I think we're going to get a lot of Boonton emails, hopefully. I think we will. Okay. We can go back to normal timber here. Timber, timber, timber. Do you disagree with the good doc? Or maybe you just want to give him the rough end of the pineapple. <laughs> just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at, at Zorba at WPR.org and wake up and don't forget we're on Facebook. That's right. We have more show to come. Yes, more, we more of your calls to come, more of your emails, another interesting topic to discuss. We got a recipe coming up. All of that on Zorba Pastor on your health from PRX. Christensen filling in for Tom Clark on Wisconsin Public Radio. This is Zorba Pastor on your health. The number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But Zorba, before we get back to our callers, Welsh rarebit. The rarebit. Welsh rarebit. What is rarebit. Not, rabbit. not rabbit. Rarebit. What is rarebit? Rarebit. But I have to tell you, this is something that was sort of commonly in cafeteria lines when I was a kid in Chicago. They would sh- they would say we're going to serve rarebit, and it was like you look at it and you go, are you you mean rabbits? Yeah. You know, you're serving rabbit on the menu, and it's <laughs> inexpensive, and we don't eat rabbit, and it's rarebit, and I, I and it's a it's a British thing. Now, Brit now the, you know the Brits right are known for the Queen. Now they're no known. For for the not king. cuisine. But they're not known for cuisine. That's right. The queen, not cuisine. I mean, they're not, although you get really, really good Indian food in London. Sure. That's what you get. But I mean, you know, other than like prime rib, we don't eat in Yorkshire pudding with prime rib, which I make, which is really good. Fish and chips. You don't that's eat all I fish think and about. chips. You know, yeah. that, that, that's about it. But rarebit is a common thing. It's in, you know, the Welsh part of England. And this, actually, this recipe is from uh, the Ivy. Now, the Ivy is a famous, famous restaurant where you've got to get reservations three to six months before to actually get. And it serves traditional English food. Okay. I mean, that's what it is. It's in London. And uh, many, many years ago, my wife and I were in London uh, and we saw our friend Andre DeShields. Now, Andre is a University of Wisconsin alumni. Uh, and he got the Tony Award two years ago for the work that he did in Hadestown. Yes. And he happened to be in London on stage. It was a, it, it was a wonderful musical that he was on stage for. And it, it was just great. And what happened is whenever you see Andre, you always want to take the actor out for dinner sure. you know, afterwards. And so we went to the Ivy. We did not have this at the Ivy. I had prime rib because I wanted to try prime rib. But it – but. Uh, this is a famous Ivy recipe. So, And if you're ever in London and you want to go to a famous restaurant, which, by the way, is a little pricey. I would it's imagine. It's a little pricey. Yeah. If you just get a beer, it's not as pricey as if you get wine. The wine probably starts at $100 a bottle, but, oh, the, beer, but the beer is cheap. Cheap. Oh, really? It's probably, well, it's probably $12. For a glass of beer. <clears throat> for, but it's a pint. It's a oh, pint, man. okay. I mean, it's pints. So you it's can pint. sip it. So this is Welsh rarebit. And basically, it is a cheese recipe. So I thought this would be great to introduce to Wisconsin. It's sure. a cheese recipe. Okay. We got it. All right, let's do it. Uh, where do we start? Start out with three large egg yolks. Three large egg yolks. That's right. Take the whites, put them away for something else like, you know, uh, if you're going to make something like egg salad with egg whites. Okay. A tablespoon of Worcestershire sauce. One big T Worcestershire sauce. Yeah, that's right. Worcestershire. You know, it's spelled Worcestershire, but they actually pronounce it Worcestershire sauce. And by the way, look at your Worcestershire sauce. I looked in in my cabinet and got a new one the other day. I don't use it that often, but I looked at the date on it and it outdated 10 years ago. What is the shelf life on the Worcestershire? It probably is a long shelf life. But you know what? It's like bitters. You've got to periodically get a new one. A teaspoon of dry mustard. I only use Coleman's. 
One little tea, Coleman's dry mustard. What's Coleman's? That's a Col- is that a British mustard? It's a bit. It's a British mustard. Okay. It's yellow. Do you have dry mustard in your cabinet? Sure, just yellow mustard. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 not oh, no. yellow mustard. Dry mustard. I don't believe it's so. It's a seasoning. Oh, you don't have oh, dry mustard. It's like a powder. Okay. Yeah, it's a powder. Yeah, we you do. don't have it. We do have that. You probably yeah. have it. Get Coleman's. You may have Coleman's. I mean, it's I bet around. we do. You got to do. Yeah. Um, at least six drops of Tabasco. Six drops or, Tabasco or something sauce? similar. Tabasco okay. is nice and vinegary. It is. Here it is. Two ounces, quarter cup of Guinness. Okay. Two ounces of Guinness. You're going to use some nutmeg and you're going to grind it. Okay. You're going to fr- freshly grind your Well, what nutmeg. you do is you buy the nutmeg nuts and oh. then you just put them on a grater and you grind it and it stays fresh. Oh, wow. Do not ever buy ground nutmeg. Buy the nuts because the nuts keep it fresh and then you ground it and it has a nice smell to it. Do you okay. have that in your cabinet? Just regular nutmeg is what we No, have. no, no. Get the That's nuts. Okay. Get the nuts. Get the nuts. You got you to make it better. I mean, it's got to taste good. What is the name of a nutmeg nut? Is it just nutmeg? It says on the package. A little, a little container, N-U-T-M-E-G. Okay. That's right. That's what it says. And if you shake it, it makes a sound. Okay. And it'll be in a glass container at the end. You'll be able to see the nuts. Okay. That's what you'll be Optional able to see. Optional ground nutmeg. Uh, there yeah. we go. Uh, salt and pepper, of course. S&P. Um, eight ounces of aged English-style cheddar cheese. Now, you can use any Wisconsin, only Wisconsin, aged cheese. It doesn't have to be English-style. That's from Remember, this is from the Ivy. Right. But it's got to be a good, sharp, aged cheese. That's what you want in this. Okay. Eight ounces of aged cheddar, grated. Okay. Three slices of a good country loaf, meaning you want to have a white bread. Bread that's substantial. You could use a whole wheat bread, but a light whole wheat bread here too. Okay. Three slices of bread. Chives, char parsley, those things for garnish. Garnish. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Let's make it. Preheat the oven at 350 degrees. Now in a medium bowl, whisk together all the toppings, all the toppings, Worcestershire, dry mustard, Tabasco, everything, everything, all of the toppings, ex- including the Guinness, except for the cheddar. Season it to taste. A little bit of nutmeg, a little bit of salt and pepper. Then you stir in the cheddar when you're all done. Now place the bread on a baking sheet. Set the oven to probably 350 until lightly toasted, about eight minutes. Flip it once again until it's lightly toasted. Then set it on broil. And when you set it on broil, heap a third of the topping onto each slice and spread it evenly until it's broiled and melted into the bread. So you basically are baking the bread before you're doing that. Garnish with herb. Serve bubbly hot. And it is one of the best open-faced cheddar sandwiches you will ever have. It's Welsh rarebit. It is not Welsh rabbit. Welsh rarebit. That's okay. right. That's right. I think we're that's, all learning something that's right. today. We all, we all are. <laughs> you got it. You got it. If you want a copy of this, go to zorbapasture.org, zorbapasture.org, or of course you can find it through Facebook. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, back to our phone calls now. Let's welcome a listener in Jacksonville, Florida. Hi. Hi. How can we help? I've been wondering if some sort of mental illnesses can get worse as they age. I don't really know if my friend is mentally ill. I heard rumors, but Mm -hmm. had no trouble for five years. Mm -hmm. Now she seems she won't call me sometimes. Uh Uh-huh. She thinks I went to the hospital, Mm -hmm. which I didn't do, Mm -hmm. and I told her I wasn't ill, and she said, yes, I was. uh (laughs) Tell me a little bit about her. First of all, how old is she? How old are you, by the way? Uh, I'm 74. (laughs) Okay, you're 74. And then how old is she? Roughly the same age? About 76. Okay, so right right in the same ballpark. Has she had mental illness when she was younger? I just heard rumors that mm-hmm. she was bipolar. Okay, but it bipolar. Was a pretty okay. good source. Okay, okay. Are you good friends with her? Is she a peripheral friend or a really close friend? Where does she fit into your sort of social life space? Well, like a best friend for about five years. Okay, we best friends. Lived. Got it. She lives nearby or far away? She did live nearby mm-hmm. a year or two ago. She moved. Couple of blocks away. Couple of blocks, but you can go visit her. In other words, she's in the same city. I can. I don't, but I could. Okay. Why don't you go visit her? Because she moved away. She didn't have to. <laughs> no, 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 but but okay. She moved away uh, on purpose. She moved away. She just wanted to move to. A oh different- yeah, she moved uh, to some other apartments and. 
Okay. It's a pain in the neck for me, and she goes yeah. by hours all the time to go to the store. Oh, sure. So, uh, so a lot of stuff. So let me tell you a little bit about what she, what she may be suffering from, what the issues are, what you can do about it. So first of all, as we get older, there are a few things that go on. First of all, depression increases as you get older. It definitely increases. And in fact, it was very interesting. The feds made changes in nursing homes years ago and said, we're giving people benzodiazepines, drugs such as Valium, Xanax, and others, older people, and it's terrible, and it's causing them to fall because it's making them delirious. And so they wanted to get that out of nursing homes, older people that are sick. But what they wanted to get into nursing homes were antidepressants because what we discovered over time is that people, as they get older, they often, especially if they're prone to get more depressed. Why? You know, they become disabled. They can't do as much. So first of all, as you get older, you might become depressed. It's a more common thing, especially in men, but in men and in women. That's number one. Depression is more common. If you've had depression in the past, if you've had bipolar in the past, it's super more common. In other words, it's definitely more common. But with depression, if you begin to think something else is going on in somebody else, like, hey, you went to the hospital. No, I didn't. Oh, no, I think you went to the hospital. There may be something else going on there. There may be a form of dementia that's now setting in that is not depression. So she could be suffering from depression and she could be suffering from dementia, which is a big term, but it means a change in your thinking and executive function, you know, and in your, and in your memory. Antidepressants can help people, not necessarily with dementia, but it can get rid of the depression, which often worsens memory loss and other things. So you were close to her at one time, but you don't feel as close to her now? Well, no, she's full of nonsense now, but she said her doctor said she was mildly depressed. Uh Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that could be part of it. That could be part of it. And, and, you, and you know something? If you were close to her and if you want to help her, then you can suggest to her that she be on antidepressants and medications. And if she still says, well, I am, you might also suggest you may not be on enough or you may need another one. In other words, oh, sometimes okay. that, you know what I mean? That little bit yeah. of push can make a difference to people. And sometimes they might be on 20 milligrams of Prozac, but they need 40 or 60. Or they might be on a drug called Prozac, but they need another antidepressant that works a little bit differently called Seroquel. In other words, there's got to be fine-tuning. And frankly, when she goes to the doctor's office, uh, she might, he might say, or she might say, how are you doing? And she'll say, oh, I'm fine. Well, the answer is she may not be fine. Friends know friends better than what goes on you know, in the doctor's office. So you might, you might want to do that. Okay. Okay. Good suggestion. You sound like you were pretty close to her at one point. Yeah, we pretty much knew what each other was doing all the time, and family weddings and stuff like that. Really talked about. You know, you can you can help her. She needs help on the depression side, and that may be help the other nonsense, as you call nonsense, that she's actually doing. I interact with her. The other thing is, it's difficult. It may be difficult for you to go over there, but sometimes I call it eyeballing the situation, walking into the person and eyeballing, actually meeting with them in person. That is certainly a step above a phone. You may want to figure out if you can do that sometimes or meet at a restaurant or something of that nature. That can make things even better. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, yeah, meet at a restaurant. Whatever food she likes, whatever food you like, figure it out together. Okay. That's a good idea. Well, thank you. I was avoiding, but I guess I should be trying to encourage her to meet and talk more. Absolutely. And you know something? She may want that too, but doesn't know how to get to that point. You hit it right on the head. Thank you. And thank you for sharing that with us and the listeners. Well, thank you. I love the show. I really enjoy it. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Take care. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right. Before the break, Zorba, real talk here. You ready for some real talk? 
You like real I am talk. Ready. You always I am appreciate ready. real I am talk. Ready. I am ready. Let's talk about the show. This okay. show, Zorba okay. Pastor okay. on Your Health. Okay, let's do it. So someone has a health question, right? Yeah, they have a health question, right. Anyone can Google anything. Anyone, anyone with a Google phone anything. or a computer that, can right. just look it that's up right. on Google right. and they try to get it. some they, answers you got it. You got and it. sift through They can all look up the... to the sky and say Google and it comes out of the sky. That's right. Anyone can do that. But what this show offers is an actual doctor. Yeah, that's me. A real doctor. Experience and expertise giving advice. And that's why people tune into the show, right? No, it is why people tune in. Right. I mean, you can Google it, but you don't have the way of curating the information right. and discovering whether it's real or not real. And, you know, when you Google things, often you get stuff that's real, stuff that's not real. And I know you're shocked, Carl, but everything on the web is not real. No. That's the joy of the seriously? web. you got to figure it out. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Which brings me to our next segment. Let's do this segment where an honest to Pete doctor, that's you, that's Zorba, me. Honest you to square Pete. off against that's the right. mighty, mighty internet. That's right. This is Google Doc. I feel like they added a lot, so that was good. (laughs) The following email came to us from Susie in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. Susie writes, Dear Dr. Zorba, I'm currently taking resuvastatin, 10 milligrams twice a week, and recently had fasting blood work done to see how things are going. Good, 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 good. My numbers are good. Mm -hmm. Cholesterol, 143. Mm -hmm. HDL, 74. Uh LDL, 59. Uh-huh. I've noticed in the mm-hmm. last year or two, though, a new parameter has been added to this report. Mm-hmm. This is the cholesterol slash HDL ratio. Mm-hmm. Mine is 1.9 mm-hmm. with a big L mm-hmm. beside it. Mm-hmm. According to the report, mm-hmm. the acceptable range is mm-hmm. 3.4 mm-hmm. to 5.4. Mm-hmm. A quick Google search indicates this is involved with heart function. Mm-hmm. I don't have a history of heart issues in my family. What is this measurement and should I be overly concerned with it? Thanks. I'm a longtime listener, and I appreciate your very sensible yeah, advice. Very, very nice. Well, first of all, these are great numbers. 143 cholesterol, you know, 59 for the LDL cholesterol. The HDL at 74. They're great numbers. You know, the ratio is just another way of looking at things. Lower the ratio. Actually, a high ratio is not good for you. Low ratio. So the reality is, I ignore the ratio. That's okay. the answer. Nor the ratio. Why did they add this, Doesn't new, mean anything. this new parameter? Hey, you know what? No, no. That parameter has actually been around for a long time. Oh, it has. Okay. And it's just it's, – it's printed out by some labs and some are not. I see. You know, the goal, if you're on resuvastatin, Lipitor, the other drugs that are in there, the goal is to reduce the cholesterol. Total cholesterol is 143. But the other goal is you'd like to have a high good cholesterol. The HDL is the good cholesterol. That's high. 74, really, really good. You know, and that's sort of a genetic predisposition. And you want to get the LDL cholesterol below 130, many people want to get the LDL cholesterol below 100. That's really optimal. And our LDL, the low-density lipoprotein, is 59. Great numbers. Ignore the ratio. That's public radio doc, (laughs) not Google doc. Have a healthy living question for the good doc? Just post on our Facebook page or you can send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls to come. We have another topic to discuss and Zorba will be answering more of your emails. All coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX. Carl Christensen filling in for Tom Clark on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. The number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But before we get back to our callers, let's do the next topic here. Refined carbs and red meat driving a global rise in type 2 diabetes. Right. That's a, that, you know, that's a big issue. That diabetes is. is on there. Do you have any diabetes in your family? I luckily do not. Yeah. 
luckily, is exactly what it is. But there are many families where they have no diabetes at all, and they're getting diabetes. Hmm. You know, I mean, without it, you don't need a family history. The number of diabetics in this country has multiplied by a factor of five wow. since LBJ was president. In other words, there are five times as many diabetics now than there were back in the 1960s. And we don't know exactly why. We assume it may be due to fast food. It may be this. It definitely appears to be the fact that we exercise much less and we're eating the wrong thing. And this is particular study looking at a worldwide study, a uh, study that came out of Tufts, that looked at what people are eating and what people are not eating. So what do you think people are eating too much? Probably processed foods. Processed foods, that's There's right. There's a lot of that it, out there. The theory now is that it's not just carbohydrates. It's too much red meat, such as bacon, sausage, salami, and they like. And it's too few grains, eating too many processed grains and eating too few grains. And that's where you get 14 million new cases of diabetes in the U.S. in 1918, according to the Journal Medicine. I mean, that's a huge amount, Nature Medicine. And seven out of 10 cases of new diabetics we think are related to poor food choices. So eating too much. Let's look, at, let's look at the bad foods. So first of all, women are much more likely to get it than men right now. In other words, it seems to be a global issue. Women are putting on weight more than men. Men are still putting on weight. But the six harmful dietary habits are, number one, eating too much refined rice, okay? Oh. <clears throat> White rice. Number two, refined wheat, white bread. Number three, potatoes. Really? Too many starchy foods. Okay. Right. Right. Very important. French fries. Then, That's French, French fries, fries right there. <laughs> then too many processed foods such as red meats and drinking too many sugary beverages and drinking too much fruit juice. Okay. I mean, when you think about it, that's a typical American diet. Go to Subway, get a sub sandwich in the afternoon, get a Coke, not a Diet Coke, maybe get a regular Coke, have some fruit juice. You say, hey, I'm going to have orange juice. That's healthy. No, it's got a lot of sugar in it. And it's in inadequate intake of five protective factors. Fruits are protected when you eat the whole fruit, not the fruit juice. Non-starchy vegetables, so things other than potatoes and rice. Nuts. Do you have nuts every day? Uh, yeah, for sure. Nuts trail every mix, day? stuff like that. Nuts, yeah. trail mix, seeds, whole grains, and yogurt may also do that. Yogurt. So the answer is you've got to eat the right food and get rid of the wrong food or you are prone to diabetes. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Seven four one three. All right, back to the phone lines. Let's now help out a listener in Georgia. Hi. Hi, 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 Dr. Sarber. Hi, how are you today? I am well today, thank you. See if you can help me. Of course. I'm having problems with dreams, mm -hmm. horrible dreams. Mm -hmm. Dreams of disfigured people, disfigured faces, disfigured people, just disfigured stuff. Just horrible dreams. Destabilizing and horrible. I've been to the doctor, psychiatrist, but they don't seem to have heard of it before, and they really can't help it. They, they, not everything they give me to take makes me sleep, and when I sleep, I dream, so I don't want to sleep. How long has this been going on for? Yeah, I had surgery on my, mm -hmm. my prostate for a while. When my prostate was enlarged, and I had surgery on it. So during that time, they gave me, I had taken lots of pain pillows, like oxybut, oxy right. pain pillows. right, right. And I'm thinking that's what messed, messed up the whole thing there because it wasn't happening before. I certainly agree with you. Didn't happen before. You had the surgery, then you're on opioids, uh, which can give dystopic dreams. There's no doubt about that. You know, when you're younger, they used to give euphoria. And when you're older, they give dysphoria and dystopia. So dystopic type dreams. So, uh, but I've stopped I'm, taking them both. So mm -hmm. I'm thinking if I stop taking them, it'll go away. But it, it's coming back and mm -hmm. it's here now. and. Uh -huh. Okay. I used to dream of fish and dogs and all kind of stuff. Uh, so I dream uh, mostly of this figured stuff now, sure, you know. Sure. I've got well, I've got some ideas. First of all, what, are you on any medicines at all right now? Just my regular blood pressure pills, low, low doses sometimes. Yes. Okay, so just blood pressure pills, nothing else, nothing else. I didn't want to take anything else because I'm not sure what was causing it. So oh, sure. I stopped taking everything. Okay, a couple of other questions. What do you do for a living? You know, do you are, are you engaged in dangerous I'm, I'm work? A, I'm a food chemist. I'm a food scientist. Food chemist. Okay, and you've been doing that for a number of years. Okay. All my life. All your life. Okay, food chemist all your life. Part of the issue, there, there are a couple of issues here. First of all, the fear of going to sleep is a big issue. And then your brain going to all of those different places can be a big issue too. Um, there are a couple of medications that may help along with actually some mindfulness meditation. So I'm going to give you two suggestions. So first of all, have you ever tried mindfulness meditation at all? 
There are a number of apps. If you search for the Center for Healthy Brain at the University of Wisconsin, they've got a Healthy Brain app. Uh, and Carl will give you some information when we're done on what that, what that app is about. And I would recommend that you do some mindfulness meditation during the day, especially before you go to sleep. So you engage in a little mindfulness meditation. That's, that's number one. I'm also going to recommend a couple of medications that you could try that may change it. Now, there's a drug called gabapentin, okay, and another drug called pregabalin. Now, neither of these drugs are specifically for insomnia, but they do change the sleep architecture. In other words, if we look at people, put them in EEG machines, they change it. They're anti-seizure drugs that are actually used in chronic pain. And I have used them extensively for people who are having sleep dysphoria uh, in my practice, and they seem to work pretty well. They seem to work pretty well. And what you would do is you would take uh, the gabapentin, I think, is the first one I would try. You take 300 to 600 milligrams, but a 300 milligram dose you start. Take it an hour before you go to sleep. may make you a little sleepy. It may not. But it changes the sleep architecture. And if that doesn't work, you go to 600 milligrams. You see how that works. And if not, you go to pregabalin between 50 and 150 milligrams. So I would do mindfulness meditation because you want to get your brain set in a different way before you go to sleep because you have the equivalent of PTSD. That's what this is about. And then you try gabapentin or pregabalin. There are other drugs such as antidepressants that may work, but I think the pregabalin and gabapentin may be, may be the drug of choice. Now, I, I want to tell you something about this. Sometimes once people get out of this habit – it disappears maybe six months later. For some people, they can take these drugs for the rest of their life. I have people who have been on gabapentin for probably a decade or two decades. They take it every single night. They take three to 600 milligrams and they sleep much better, much more soundly. And these dystopic dreams do not bother them. I do believe it was from the surgery. I think it was post-traumatic stress disorder from a surgery that you had. And I think it's a known disorder that happens. And we got to get you out of that with mindfulness and medication. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. You take care. Let us know what happens, please. All right. I will. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 Four six two seven four one three. You know, there are many things that cause insomnia, and one of the things we've all had nightmares in our life. And if every day you feel like you're going to sleep and you're going to get a nightmare in your sleep, it's terrible. It ruins your sleep and can make it much more likely that you get nightmares. And this person really has sort of PTSD from the surgery. 800-462-7413. That's one 800 462 Seven four one three. Let's get a voicemail in here. This is a caller in Pennsylvania. Hi, I'm 68. I have OA, and my knees usually don't bother me. There's my knees are bone on bone. I'm very active. Now I'm going on a five mile uh, trek through the Alaskan uh, glaciers, and I need a knee brace. I not a knee brace, a sleeve ton of them out there. Could you recommend one for me? Thank you. First of all, the nice thing about buying a sleeve is if it doesn't work, you can return it. Gotcha. But the first thing you want to do is you want to go to a store if you can and you can try them on. But can you return them after you try them on? That's really the question. So you want to get a sleeve that gives you enough pressure on there. Now, there are some sleeves that actually have metal in there and they give you much more uh, pressure so you don't have torque. You've got to try them on individually and see what will work. You generally want a sleeve that has a little donut hole in the middle of it for your patella so your patella can push out while you're walking back and forth. And I would try a sleeve of the highest, uh, the highest strength that you have that will be most comfortable. But this is kind of a trial and error thing to see what works. There are a couple of other things that are important. You should go to physical therapy or make sure that you strengthen your quad muscles. You can go to the net. You can look at quad exercises. I like Bob and Brad. Bob and Brad knee exercises on YouTube. They are great. They're Wisconsin physical therapists. Go to the Bob and Brad uh, channel on YouTube. 
YouTube, look at their exercises. That'll make a difference. And when you walk, walk with two canes, not one cane, but two canes, walking sticks. If you're going to go walking, you want to do that. Years ago, a number of years ago, uh, I went to Tibet for a month, Tibet and Nepal for a month. I did that twice. I always walked with walking sticks. And those walking sticks make make a huge difference in your ability to stand up straight, to be healthy, and not to fall. The walking sticks are as important as the brace. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before we head out, Zorba, we love when our listeners chime in to lend their tips or expertise to the show. The first tip came from a listener in Wichita, Kansas. They were just talking about hiccups. I had a friend uh, years ago that had his hiccups would go on for days. And an old doctor told him that if he would drink warm room temperature pineapple juice, that his hiccups would go away. And they did subside maybe 30 minutes to an hour later. Thank you. 30 minutes to an hour later. I don't know if it really worked. If it took 30 minutes. <laughs> that to might have just been a natural progression. I mean, you've had, well, you've had hiccups before. And the other is some people have hiccups. There are many, there are medical reasons to have it that they can't get rid of. You know, there's so many cures for hiccups and that's because there's no one cure that works. Definitely. I'm going to put that in my toolbox. Warm pineapple juice. Do you like pineapples? I like pineapples. Do you like pineapple juice? I love pineapple juice. Yeah, I love pineapples. Yeah. Like pineapple, I'll pineapple try that juice. too. And for years and years, Penny and I went to why we always had some of these great pineapples that we that we would get on Maui, and I can't mm. remember the name of it exactly, but they were just sweeter than sweet. I mean, pineapples are sweet, but they were just the sweetest pineapples. When I think back to it, my mouth just waters. Warm pineapple juice, I'm going to try it when I get my hiccups, but I don't get them that often. Yeah. Do you get hiccups? Once in a while, but not much. My but kids do a lot. I think, I don't know if the younger thing get anymore. hiccups. Yeah. And they can't get rid of them quite often. Is it because they're still learning how to kind of drink water I and they're just no rushing idea. through life? I have just no idea. But when you were a kid, didn't you get hiccups? All the time. And so now your parents would say, do this, and they give you – what did your mother give you? Uh, I think she said, hold your breath. That was kind of the thing. Hold your Put breath. your hands on your one. head. Push yeah. down on your yeah. head. Yeah. Then you try to frighten the person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That Come was a biggie, the right? Scared out of yeah. you. Yeah. Scare the wits out of you. That's right. Hiccups, soil your pants. That's the kind of fright it was, <laughs> Get right? Get rid of the hiccups, I guess, because <laughs> now you're worried about that. Thanks, Wichita, Kansas. All right. Finally, Zorba, another tip here. This one came from a listener, Lucy, who writes, I heard you tell a gentleman that lime in his water wouldn't hurt his teeth as long as he brushes them. It's important to mention you should not brush your teeth until one hour after eating or drinking, especially if it's something acidic like coffee, fruit, or tea. It breaks down your enamel on the teeth. Thanks. I love your show. I don't think that's the case at all. No? In other words, in other words, you can't have a soda and then brush your teeth? Not at all. Disagreeing not with the all. listener. Totally. Disagreeing <laughs> with the listener. Oh, oh, oh. Disagreeing with the listener. Oh, oh. Yeah, no, no. That is not the case. You okay. brush your teeth when you brush your teeth. It's not that you have to leave it there for an hour. Quite the contrary. You brush your teeth as often as you want to and get rid of the stuff on your enamel. So thank you for your comment, but I disagree with you. Do you have a question you'd like Zorba to sink his teeth into? Just send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org. See you next week, Zorba. Stay well, Carl. If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web. At ZorbaPastor.org. Or, of course, you can find us through Facebook. And, of course, you can call anytime to leave your voicemail for us at 800-462-7413. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis. That's so right. Please do check with your doctor. Please do. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Ba-ba-da-da. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Ba-ba-da-da. He's right over there smiling. Huge smile he, on his I face. Can, you can just see it. <laughs> Cheshire smile. That's right. Cheshire cat smile. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. Ba-ba-da-da. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Ba-ba-da-da. Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next Zorba Pastor. On your health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to zorbapastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's zorbapastor.org.